Welcome to the Early Childhood On The Go podcast, where the Early Childhood Center team shares ideas and strategies for professionals and families. Dream big, start early. Childhood On The Go podcast. Today we're recording live from the Early Childhood Center at the Indiana Institute on Disability and Community here in Bloomington, Indiana. I have a very special guest with me today. We've got Catherine Hargraves. Um, She works here at the Early Childhood Center with me and we're going to be talking about using parent coaching in early intervention. So great to have you on the podcast today. Do you want to go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. Thanks, Kayla. So glad to be talking about coaching. Um, I have worked in early intervention for over 25 years. My educational background is actually in early childhood education, and then later I obtained an advanced degree in child development. Um, I've provided direct services to children and families um, through early intervention systems in multiple states, including Washington, D.C., and I've also served in several leadership roles within different early intervention systems over the years. Well, great. We're so happy to be having you here to talk about um, parent coaching. It's something that's um, been used in early intervention across the country, and me and Catherine work on a team together where we're um, helping the providers in our state um, learn more about parent coaching. So it's a topic that we're both very passionate about, and Hopefully we'll share some new tips and tricks with everyone listening today. Um, So when it comes to parent coaching, what is one thing that you wish you knew at the start of the journey into coaching with families in early intervention? Well, I love the way that you use the word journey. I think it really, it truly is a journey. It takes time. Um, I think providers need to be patient. You really want to celebrate when things go well and then Um, be willing to problem solve when things don't go as planned. Um, And then the one um, thing that's really been an aha moment for me, I think, is is the importance of understanding adult learning and adult learning strategies and how important it is. You know, so many of us come into this field, we love babies and toddlers, but we really need to love their caregivers and know how to um, interact with them. Right. That's so important. I think um, I was just talking with some other professionals, too, about adult learning and how that's such a big part of parent coaching. Um, sometimes providers will get stuck and they're not sure, you know, how to support the parent best. And so sometimes it's good to really take a step back and look at that adult learning style. And, you know, have you found different ways to um, find to figure out a parent's adult learning style that that help you? Well, I think it comes down to that being patient and being willing to problem solve, um, being an active listener, and really asking families what went well. And um, I think that's probably been some of the most basic strategies for me. Right. No, I think that's one thing that I've been trying to do more, too, is be reflective at the end of every session. You know, what went well that session? What did the parent like? Um, that just gives us information. We we always want to talk <laughs> as providers, I think, and so making sure you're you're right, using that active listening to really figure out how we can best support support the parents that we're working with. Um, how do you think we can help and support parents to see the importance of being an active participant in the early intervention visits? I think it's so important that we believe in all parents. And, you know, all parents really do want what's best for their children. And that looks different, though, um, in all types of families. 
And so I think that's important just to keep that in the back of your mind. Um, I think messaging and reminding families, children spend more time with caregivers than they do in therapy, even intensive therapies. So we wanna help families do the math and recognize that they really can provide that intensity um, if they embed interventions within their everyday routines. Um, they have the opportunity and the time if, if, if we help them find things that are not extra um, because we know time is limited for families and right. so we want things to be embedded in what's already happening within um, any family unit. Um, I also think we know research has shown that parents and caregivers um, use strategies at higher rates when a coaching approach is used versus when it wasn't. So the, the research backs that coaching is effective and um, families are more likely to retain that information and implement the strategies that they use when they're taught in a coaching approach um, as opposed to a more tradi traditional method. Have you had families that you work with um, or maybe other providers who have talked about that experience where they might have a family who had another child and they received more of that direct teaching model with the child versus a coaching um, model? And how do you navigate that? I think, um, again, that patience, I, I keep coming back to that. Patience with yourself, patience with the change. Um, if if a family has expectations about what services should look like in early intervention, we wanna talk about um, why we're doing what we're doing and um, what our intentions are and hopefully find a good match for that family. So being open and honest and having good communication with the family about your strategies, I think are important. Right, and I, I like how you're talking about how, it, it, you know, having our expectations to parents so that they can make that transition into that coaching model because there are so many benefits. How as a provider, um, for me personally, I've been using a coaching model for a long time. I was really lucky that when I started working at Early Intervention, I was quickly introduced to it, so I've been using it for a long time. Um, now in Indiana, we're working on um, helping providers here learn how to coach. What are you doing to help those new providers go into that parent coaching versus doing that direct teaching? I think providers have to see it working and they need to um, be confident enough in their own practice uh, to try new things. And, and ultimately, what we all want is the best outcomes for children and families. And so um, with anything else, it takes time. And so once providers are able to see they are getting the outcomes that they feel um, are important, I think, providers are beginning to, to really um, be open to adopting a new model of service delivery. Very good, yeah. Um, <clears throat> what are some resources that you, how long have you been using a coaching model and what are some resources that you found along the way that have been helpful? Well, you know, I probably, which is a typical experience with um, many providers, I, I felt like I was coaching families, I, I felt like I've been coaching families for years. Um, I, I had thought about um, not bringing in my own materials for quite some time, but I hadn't ever been trained on a specific model of coaching. And um, here in Indiana, you mentioned we're working with training providers across the state. We have the luxury of adopting um, the family-guided routines-based intervention model here in Indiana, and um, 
that model has so many great resources that we've been given access to. Um, it has a website for, you know, that's open for all. Um, it gives you access to a plethora of research articles. It's connected us to um, other people who are writing blogs about coaching. Um, but I think most of all, it's giving us, given us resources to people, people who have been implementing um, coaching models for quite some time and understand that it takes time and understand um, what type of supports providers need to adopt a new practice. And so I think people are probably the, the biggest resource. Um, I think, you know, we've, and you can speak to this, Kayla, we've come into contact with so many people who are open to change and growth in their practice. Um, and we've also have the luxury of interacting with people who've dedicated their career to coaching, as well as others who are new to the journey. And I think we are constantly learning from the people we're around. What do you think the biggest struggle providers face um, when they're moving from that direct teaching to more of a um, coaching model is? Oh, I don't know if there's a single one. I think it's unique to each provider um, where their mindset is. Um, I like what you said earlier where you're talking about how many of us that went into early childhood, like we went in to work with little kids, with the babies and the toddlers, and it's been such a switch to for many providers to go from being the one that's teaching the child to coaching the parent. Absolutely. And I think here in Indiana, after interacting with so many providers across the state, we have great providers here in Indiana. Um, and I think our providers recognize that relationships matter. And so we've seen providers um, put a lot of time and effort into the relationships they build with their families. And so now it's just shifting a little bit that focus of that relationship and you know, remembering that adults really learn best when they're engaged and when they have opportunities for practice. And so how do we use those relationships we've spent time building um, to shift our practice to really engage the adults and not um, just the child during our sessions with families? Right, and I think like in our backgrounds too, a lot of times we learn that all children learn differently. And with parents, it's the same. We need to find the best way to support that individual versus using just one thing. So that's, I think, part of the journey too. What advice would you give someone who's trying to switch their practice? They've had a toy bag, it's been in the back of their trunk, their car is full of toys. I, I remember being at that place to using coaching in their visits. Um, I think self-reflection is so important. I think uh, I've learned what feels the easiest is not always what's best. Mm. Um, having the novelty of a toy bag uh, it, it does. It makes engaging the child much, easy, much easier right. in most cases. Um, it boosts our sense of efficacy and efficiency really during a session. But if you really think about how that impacts a caregiver's competence um, when you walk out the door and they can't replicate anything you just did, um, it, it makes you realize that maybe that isn't the best strategy. Just because we're comfortable, we, f we can feel efficient and competent. Um, doesn't mean that that's the best method. Right, you know, this is, you just took me back to like a moment. Um, my son was in early intervention for a little while and um, I had been working as in early intervention and I was using a coaching model at the time, but I moved, moved and uh, my son was receiving early intervention and the 
provider was wonderful, but she would come in and she mainly played with him and I wasn't really involved. But at the end of the session, she would generally like tell me what to work on. And I have to admit, like despite like all the knowledge I had about follow through and how important it was, I did, I find myself forgetting completely what happened until she showed up to the next week. So I wonder myself, like I was never in the position where as a family receiving it in the parent coaching, but had I been more involved, would I have done a better job with follow through? just from that parent's perspective. Yeah, and that tends to be one of the um, common struggles providers have in early intervention is they are, they feel so invested and they wonder why um, they're not getting that follow through. And I think if we, again, some of that self-reflection, if we really reflect on um, what, what can we as providers do to own that change and not put it on the family, that um, we'll find maybe some of our strategies can be adjusted that will lead to more parent engagement, like you're saying. Right. What is one myth you'd like to debunk about using coaching in early intervention? I think um, one common myth would be that the expectation of coaching means that you can't interact mm. with the child. Um, in fact, a lot of coaching strategies, um, one of the ones that we've learned in the model that we're using, um, demonstration with narration, it requires just that. You're, you're going to interact with the child. The key difference is really that you're not assuming the caregiver is absorbing all of that information um, just by watching you kind of be expert. Um, you're narrating what you're doing and then turning it over to the caregiver while you're still there because you want to make sure that the strategies you're using are also working for the people that care for the child on, on a regular basis. Is there anything that when you're thinking about parent coaching that I didn't ask you a question about that you just want to put out to the universe? Oh, that's a big one. I would just say um, be open to change. I think all of us as providers, you know, just like families want what's best for children, we're all in this field because we want what's best for children and families. So being open to change and growth um, is important. And with that kind of growth mindset, I think um, we can we can really get there for children and families. Thank you so much for joining me today, Catherine, to chat about um, parent coaching in early intervention on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been fun to talk about coaching, and I hope you'll have me back. Awesome. Thank you to everyone that listened um, today on Early Childhood On The Go podcast, and we hope to have you join us again soon. Thanks for listening to the Early Childhood On The Go podcast from the Early Childhood Center team at Indiana University. Learn more at iidc.indiana.edu slash ecc.